We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> With Kizik Can's free shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. Welcome to episode 100 of the NFC East Feast. I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas and enjoyed the time with your family and friends. Cannot believe that we've done 99 of these things already. Uh, we got plenty of storylines in the division. We got quarterback changes. Uh, we've got heartbreaking losses. We've got big wins. And we've got George Van Riper in the house. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> What's up, fellas? <laughs> Just just came back to talk about Jacoby, man. That's why I'm here. That's uh, right. that's all I'm here. Well, good just to see so you guys. Don't get fined. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but good to see you guys, man. Really good to see you guys. Good to see you too, man. I hope you guys had a good Christmas, man. What a freaking slate of games, dude. That was yeah. like, that was a Christmas miracle, dude. We just had football every day. It felt like I did that nothing cool. but hang around my parents' house and watch football. Yeah, we we had some surprising good games. Um, Saturday the twenty third. Full slate of games Sunday, the, the triple header on Christmas Monday, obviously included our division, um, and then the game of what we thought the game of the year, the Ravens-Niners. Just uh, just plenty of football to love. It made the holidays all that more special, and it's going to make New Year's weekend coming up um, all that more special as well. Let's get right into it, guys. I want to talk about your Washington Commanders, who took a loss at the hands of the Jets. This was a, a close game. <laughs> sure you guys are happy. I think you, you might have the third. <laughs> Third pick in the draft now, so you're moving on up those those mock draft boards. This game started off looking to be not so competitive. The Jets got out to a 17-0 lead. Um, Brees Hall, man. Brees Hall did it all. I mean, this dude caught 12 balls for 96, had 20 carries for 95 yards, almost 200 yards, two touchdowns, totally took over the game. Sam Howell had one of the worst starts of his young career. Uh, but much like last week, Jacoby Brissett comes off the bench to interject some life in this team. 10 for 13, 100 yards in the touchdown. Chris Rodriguez, the rookie running back, gets two touchdowns. The Commanders almost pull off the comeback. But, John, I'm sure that you're happy at the end of the day that you guys suffer the L and then uh, move up on the draft board. Yeah, I was very happy. I mean, uh, you kind of summed up the game pretty well there. But it was uh, it was painful at first to see how, just how bad we yeah. were going to be. I know we talked about last week. Um, you know, this is the 32nd ranked offense versus the 32nd ranked defense, but the flip yes. side of the ball was going to be the challenging part because our defense, um, I'm sorry, the Jets defense, I knew was going to be a problem for Sam Howell. Um, and with the way that they treated the situation the week before, uh, we, we all kind of figured, I think there was a very good sign that we may see Jacoby Brissett again. I, at first I thought it was, they were just trying not to let Sam Howell get embarrassed maybe, but they left him out there long enough. Uh, in a embarrassing performance that yeah. I don't know if exactly 
that's kind of where their heads were at now. And now I almost wonder if they were still not completely sold on how George, I don't know what your take on this is, but I, I think that this was still a trial period. I mean, I think they were willing to let Hal go as far as, as far as he could this year to really get an, get a good understanding of what they had in their young quarterback. And, uh, with Jacoby starting now the next two weeks, I think that that leaves uh, kind of a big open-ended question. Um, I was happy that we ended up losing the game. Uh, Jacoby Brissett coming back uh, from basically 27-7 down uh, to tie this thing up, and and then ultimately we end up losing the game, which I had assumed we would the whole time. I really didn't think it was going to be that close. Um, watching the game, watching the team's performance, I've said over the past couple of weeks, this was going to be an uninspired football team to close out the year, and they sure as hell were until Jacoby came in there and just said, I'm going to throw it to the players who still care, right? <laughs> and he got a lot of Terry McLaurin, and he got some Jahan Dotson in, um, guys that I think you know, are willing to, uh, to continue to prove their viability within this offense or in any NFL offense because those two didn't get a lot of love this year, and uh, I think that this is still an opportunity for them to show that they've got plenty left in the tank and and they're not a reflection of what they looked like this year uh, on the stack card. George, you were happy with the loss, correct? Yeah, correct. <laughs> and uh, I agree with you, John, with, with the key word being uninspired, right? I think that I think this team is full of individuals. There's no actual team. I, I think we, we should go back to the Washington football team. Maybe they'll think about possibly creating a team in Washington. <laughs> um, but it, again, it's it's the individuals. I mean, it's it almost looks like rookie minicape out just – literally people getting to know each other it's very odd um everyone's you know that the, there's no unity between the defensive line and the linebackers they're not playing each other's gaps it's it's just really messy and again Brees hall just blowing up i think every fantasy owner is always wanting Brees hall to be who he was last week oh yeah uh, it's uh, <laughs> everyone's like yeah start Brees hall this week yeah do it dude yeah, yeah definitely good for you if you started Brees hall but yeah man it's uh it's disappointing to see sam howell you know, not not really being in tune with his offense, uh, not maybe not being in tune with the play calling for the enemy, not not really placing blame here with the enemy. Uh, it, it's it's tough, man, because you know I had a lot of hope for Sam. I, I think that he's still going to be a good football player. I think maybe it's getting into his head a little bit, all the negativity that's going on. I think he also kind of sees us, you know, what's been going on with Ron. He's probably going to be gone. Who knows? I mean, the whole staff could be gone. We we all don't know, and he doesn't really know what you know what ledge to stand on here and it's it's great to see I, I will say a silver lining man um chris rodriguez uh looks like the real deal and uh you know really a power good. back not there's not many power backs in this league um i would i see him even as a stronger power back than than uh than brian robinson even i mean he just oh, wow. he plays you know below his pads he's he's low level to the ground he's just a tough son of a gun man he really is it's it's a uh, it's it's a shame not to see more carries out of them, um, but again, I, I'm always preaching to get more running game out of out of the out of the you know the commanders. So it was tough, dude. The defense on on my end, the defense is just really tough to watch. It's just so uninspiring. Unbearable. I can't come with up with another word. It's just that's just <laughs> that's what they are. It's just a hundred percent uninspired. Uh, shout out Jacoby Brissett. Obviously, he's inspired to maybe get another salary or another uh, another year extension, whatever he's looking for. I'm sure you know he's he's gonna you know sit at the table and 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 hope to get something. But yeah, man, it's um. It's tough. I've gotten over it. I think we've all gotten past it. 
I think we're looking forward to our draft class now with, you know, with trading away Chase Young and trading away Montez Sweat. We're looking forward to that draft. I mean, that's going to be our Super Bowl, right? So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I have. Any any questions you got for us, Brian? I do. I want to ask each of you guys uh, one question. I know this is going to be greatly impacted on who the head coach of the team will be come 2024. But if you are in the boardroom of Washington uh, facilities. And I asked you, which one of these three would you like to be the quarterback of the team going into next year? Would it be A, Sam Howell, B, a draft pick, um, juxtapose that between Caleb Williams, Drake May, um, or possibly Jaden Daniels, whoever whoever may fall to you, or three, uh, Russell Wilson, or maybe another um, talented uh, free agent veteran quarterback. Um, George? Uh, one, two, or three. How about you? I'm 100% saying Sam Howell, and it's not because of Sam Howell. Though. Wow. It's because we need to build a team again. We need to stop having so many individuals here. We need to build a defense. We need to build an offensive line. There's just so many things we need. And I think if – I don't even care if we were to trade back, man. The more picks in the top three rounds that we can get, the better. Because our team right now, it just – it's got to go. So that's where my head's at. John? Yeah, I 100% actually agree with George. Um, I think we've still got Sam Howell on a rookie contract. Um, I think he's shown flashes. Um, so uh, I would say I, my take is is similar to George's in that I think Sam Howell can be a good quarterback, possibly a great quarterback. But the most important thing is, is like, the, it doesn't matter who we put uh, uh, behind center if you don't have a good offensive line, if you don't have a defense that can continue to stop the other team, because there's been times all season where Sam Howell's looked confident, thrown plenty of touchdowns, and we still lose the game because the defense is, has just been in shambles. Um, so we've already taken steps to correct the defensive side of the football and getting rid of Jack Del Rio and the high school football coach uh, that we had uh <laughs> as our secondary coach so i think yeah i mean and that's not a joke guys I know, so I, know. <laughs> I mean it is a joke but it's also not <laughs> but a it's joke a fact, it's a fact uh, that's what makes it so funny so, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so i think um you know i i said last week that this was clearly a season um that was kind of going to feel a little bit like a wash there's only so much you can do in the time period that the harris group had and I think that this next year is going to be the first building season. And I would love to see them, uh, like George said, even trade back some of these picks, just continue to collect more picks, build up a, a bounty of, uh, of draft picks and, and young blood, and really compete to see uh, if we can make definitely the front line of the offense tougher and, and give somebody an opportunity uh, two to three years from now to really succeed behind a competent, quality football team. Yeah. Yeah. And I think well, stay tuned, will, guys. Yeah. I just want to add to that with, with the, the offensive line. I mean, you know, it's what is it, week 16 going to week 16 or was it last? Okay. So, I mean, imagine Sam Howe, like he hits a spot, he, he drops five steps back. Like he's always probably on edge, dude. He doesn't oh, know yeah. what's about, like at this point in the season where it's like week after week after week, it can't feel good in that pocket. Um, no. So it, I, I think there's a little bit to say about that. Yeah, no, he's definitely he's definitely not comfortable. Um, and we'll see if he's still under center come next year. We'll think, you know, by by the end of April, between free agency in March and that and that draft, depending on who is uh, making the decisions in uh in that draft room, we we shall who's, see. But I, I, 
Go ahead. Who is making that decision to put Jacoby and John? Do you think Ron is? Oh yeah. No. Oh, this. Oh, right now. Right now. I don't think Ron is. I don't think Ron's making any more decisions. I think oh, that wow. they just said, "Hey, let's see. Let's see what we have in Jacoby at this point." Probably just to see, like, do we want to re-sign him as another backup option? Okay. Um, yeah. I and honestly, <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little confused by it because I told Brian for the last couple of weeks I thought that. Sam gave us the best chance to lose at this point. And I think a lot of it has to do with what you just said, George. Like, he's not confident behind that offensive line anymore. Right. And you can tell. I mean, it just seems like confusion constantly in, uh, on the offensive side of the football. And um, I thought that he would give us the best chance to lose. So kind of makes me have a little bit of drawback as to who's making that call because we obviously would like to lose, I think, and continue to, to climb up the draft yeah. board. But... Um, I do. I don't think Ron's making any more calls. There's no reason for him to. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's fly down to South Beach. Much to my agony, the Dallas Cowboys' road woes continue. A tough last-second loss to the Miami Dolphins on the foot of Jason Sanders, the Dolphins' kicker. We talk a lot about Brandon Aubrey. My goodness, Jason Sanders kicks five field goals, three of them from over 50 yards. And the Miami Dolphins get their first big win of the season. Um, guys, for me, this game was all about the first drive of the game and pretty much the second to last drive of the game because the first drive of the game, the Cowboys get the ball. We drive down the field, um, and then at the goal line, Tony Pollard inexcusably gets stuffed. It looked like he could have had a walk-in touchdown if he goes towards the pylon. Strangely, he cuts the ball upfield, gets stuffed at the one. And what do we do on the next play? We put the ball in Hunter Lupke, an undrafted fullback's hands. He fumbles it. Dolphins get the ball. And uh, obviously, they, they're they controlling most of the game. Uh, Cowboys defense wasn't there. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I want to focus on the offense now and Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott has, I think, like a, like a call it an MVP moment. He drives the Cowboys down the field, looks great doing it, throws a touchdown pass to Brandon Cooks. And what is we put the ball in our defense's hands? That's what we are, right? We're the Dallas Cowboys with Dan Quinn's defense, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Stephon Gilmore. You know, let's just get a stop, and we can't do it. The Dolphins pick up first downs the whole game, and then in a crucial uh, down where they got to get a stop, Tyreek Hill um, get, sees man coverage, gets a first down. Sanders comes on for the field goal. It's just strange, guys. Like Micah Parsons is complaining about the officiating. Now, don't get me wrong. It's been nine, almost 10 games. It's been like 36 quarters since the league leader in pressures. Nobody's better at getting at least to the quarterback than Micah Parsons. And this guy can't get a holding call. So I understand the frustration a little bit there. To me, this comes down, I think I'm going to say, if Tyron Smith plays in this game, I think the Cowboys get the win. He still, as an aging left tackle, is one of the better-rated players in the league. I mean, Bradley Chubb, the Dolphins' um, pass rusher, looked like he was like Lawrence Taylor. I think if yeah. I think if I think if Tyron's in there, the Cowboys yeah. hold on. But it doesn't matter. We play with who's healthy, and once again, we lose a road game. And as it looks right now, Cowboys didn't have to play three road games if they were to get to the Super Bowl. I don't have that, have confidence in them even coming to Tampa to win run road game, but. I think better times are ahead. We got a nice home game we'll talk about here uh, shortly. But, John, I mean, are my Dallas Cowboys, is this Groundhog Day, or are they once again pretenders rather than contenders? That's how it feels, man. That's how it feels. Uh, um, I feel bad to say it for you being it. The, the way the schedule is kind of uh, ending up for the Cowboys here, too, uh, just getting you guys into a position to think that you have the opportunity 
to end up with home field advantage. And now you've got to play some tough teams down the road. And yep. uh, and you drop one year to the Dolphins that we said last week were in a similar position. So they're fighting for their uh, kind of their cred and uh, and their standing in the AFC as well. So um, this was a battle. I mean, we kind of knew it would be. I was surprised to see the defenses play as strong as they did. Um, but the Dolphins' defense ultimately, I mean, you, they got more pressure on Dak. Uh, they shut down any sort of semblance of run game for you guys. And I don't know yeah. if that was a decision to move a, away from the run game because it wasn't working um, or just the fact that maybe you feel that kind of unnerving pressure to keep up with the Dolphins' high-powered offense at times. Um, right. But Tony Pollard, 12, 12 rushing attempts for 3.2 yards. Like, not we good. talk about it. That's not the Dallas Cowboys brand of football. And, and then also, you mentioned it, that disappointing play where he just can't get into the end zone there that's got to kill you especially with zeke elliott and the patriots uh right you posted something on instagram about it brian and i saw it just uh that's disappointing man because that's a that's a goal line carry that you know zeke scores almost every of time course. Even, oh, yeah. even fat even fat zeke scores that fat zeke scores. so yeah um th- i mean there were positives in this game it's not like you guys got blown out by the dolphins but this was the first time that the two teams both are playing a team over 500 and we said it last week this whoever wins this game is going to walk away with a little bit more uh kind of street cred if you will going into the playoffs because that's been the knock on both these teams is that they can't beat quality teams and uh it doesn't help that Hard Knocks is on right now in season you just get to see the swag of this Dolphins team man like the it from the clips that they show, obviously it's an edited show and they're going to show you what they want, but gosh, man, sure. Mike McDaniels and this team are just swaggy right now. And they had, they're fun. it seemed they're like fun. they, they had no concern, uh, playing this football game against your Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely, uh, I'm obviously down here in South Florida for the people that don't know. And it's, it's wild down here. Like I, I used to get so annoyed by it. Um, but at this point, I'm kind of sipping the Kool-Aid a little bit just because they yeah. are a fun team, a yeah. fun team to watch. Like, you know, they're a good, they're a really good squad. And I uh, I I was thinking about uh, Tyron Smith, dude. But honestly, if Jason Sanders wasn't in this game, I think you guys would win because he had like Very six fifty yard field goals. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was insane. Yeah. Um. And and you guys by losing by two points, but no, I, the the rushing or the running game. You know, from Tony Pollard with 38 yards as as kind of warm and wanted to hit on. I I thought the same thing. It's like they're used to playing balanced football, and if if you're not, you know, if you're not paying playing balanced, it's gonna it's gonna hurt you. CD Lamb obviously had a great game. Uh, they just didn't do enough. Both defenses played really well. That turnover is huge, 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 huge. I I did want to mention that last drive from the Dolphins, dude. They just drove down the field at will. That must have been tough to yes. watch. B. Uh, that I was will. that was just it. They're, speak about inspiring that that last that last uh drive was was pretty brutal especially on that was that third down and like oh god uh, fucking why am i what am i missing the receiver tied to tyreek hill to tyreek hill yeah so like that little screen like the bubble screen like just somebody grab him at least dude like you know what's going to him and just seeing that for like catching five yards deep and then running another six seven yards it's just I know that he does it to everybody. I'm not saying it's just the Cowboys, yeah, but in sure. that situation, like double him. Don't don't allow him to beat you. Of all people, right. that's all. 
Well, McDaniel, as genius as he is, he schemes up a play to, to take Tyreek in motion. When you send a player in motion, if he is followed, that tells Tua Tagovailoa that he has man coverage. Man. When, yeah, as, yeah. as soon as Tua saw Jordan Lewis follow him across the formation, he knew that play was money. Mike McDaniel's the man. Uh, Mike McCarthy's outcoached. Dan Quinn outcoached. And just right now, like I saw a stat before we came on here that the two lowest-graded safeties in football last week were J. Ron Curse and Donovan Wilson, our starting safeties. Man, wow. Defense, defense just isn't playing good, man. That's very concerning. Um, and, and Tony Pollard and that running game is extremely concerning because now Tony Pollard's backup, Rico Dowdle, is not going to be active when they play Detroit this coming Saturday. So Deuce Vaughn, the very undersized and underutilized rookie, and the and the fullback, Hunter Lupke, who shouldn't get another carry the entire season, are going to be backing up Tony Pollard, who can't get three yards of carry. So it's once again, this team is Dak-dependent, Dak-reliant. Dak came through in this game, and I'm proud of him, and I have yeah. confidence in him going forward. But when does the straw break the camel's back? When does Dak eventually revert back to turning the ball over? And then the whole season is up in flames. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, we'll talk about the Cowboys more <laughs> later. Uh, let's go to Monday Night Football. We had a Christmas Day game. And that was the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles Real East Feast Classic. Um, this game, much like the Commanders game, started off a blowout. The Eagles were up 20-3. to They looked like they were going to dominate. And much like Washington, the Giants go to the backup quarterback. The Tommy DeVito story was very fun while it lasted. It gives me, guys, remember Jeremy Lin for the New York Knicks, the Lin Sanity? Yeah. I, I think that's what we're going to remember the Tommy, Tommy DeVito era as. No, I mean, it was don't fun. give him that much credit, dude. Lynn Sanity I, I mean, had a career. Lynn Sanity's still in the league. Don't get me wrong. Jeremy yeah, Lynn has, yeah. has a career. Okay. Uh, yes. No, you're right. I may be, I may be giving uh, Tommy too much credit, but it was that kind of fun. Like that New York City, you get it's swept up in the— Italian. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And like, yeah, it's it's in it. it's the culture thing. The Chinese, the Italian, I love it. I love the flavor. And But <laughs> I, Tyrod Taylor, uh, Tyrod Taylor, excuse me, reminded us all, why he's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. He comes in, scores 22 points off the bench, gets Saquon Barkley gets involved, gets in the end zone. He throws a touchdown, a deep, beautiful rainbow touchdown pass oh, yeah. to Darius that Slayton. That was a dime. And um, Adoree Jackson gets a big pick six. Guys, for the Eagles, turnover issues again for Jalen Hurts. That's going to reflect his standings in my quarterback rankings here coming up in a few minutes. And for Philadelphia, they get the win. But if, if you see the mood in the locker room after this game, like Devontae Smith's like, we ain't playing good. Like, the, the morale does not seem high. They still ha do have an easy road to the playoffs. They can easily win 13 games. And, I mean, they won 14 games last year went to the Super Bowl. So, if the, as, as a team that won 13 games, need to be concerned. I think this one does because, uh, again, they don't really have an identity. DeAndre Swift seemed, seemed to run the ball better this week than he had in previous weeks but the defense is still a major concern for me going into the playoffs. So the Eagles are in first place, probably the best team in the league right uh, in the division, excuse me, right now. But not a lot of confidence for them, uh, for me, George. How about you? Yeah, I disagree, man. I think the Cowboys are a lot better than the Eagles. Um, oh, wow. And I, I also think that Jonathan Gannon is probably the, the one piece that they're missing. I, I said that from week one. Losing Jonathan Gannon is is going to be a struggle at the year's end. And I think we've all seen that now with the there's just not much cohesiveness amongst the offense. Uh Jalen doesn't look lost out there, but he looks like he's trying to do too much. He's thinking a lot. It just wasn't I mean last year it was just a mission, dude. It was mission based. They weren't, you know, trying to figure things out. It's like this is what we do. And I'm not seeing a lot of that. Um I think now we know in New York 
if you start a, a New York coin term uh, quarterback, it, it's a bumping yeah. fan base. And I think that's a good move for them at any point, really, <laughs> if they're struggling with the fan base. Uh, but yeah, I think, I, I mean, Cowboys are better than the Eagles. What do you think, John, on that? Yeah, it's it's close. It's closer than I thought it was all season long. Um, you know, even with the Eagles winning this week uh, and the Cowboys losing, it, the Cowboys have tightened that kind of gap over the over the last couple of weeks of the season. And uh, the Eagles have had opportunities at this point um, to kind of show their dominance. And I think that's the biggest takeaway I think from this game is a lot of people expected, and they kind of started that way, Brian, as you mentioned that they were just going to come out here and dominate the Giants. And I think in a lot of ways that they did. I think if you look at the stat lines of this game, I think the Eagles kind of got back to playing a little bit more of the football that they want to play. Um, You mentioned DeAndre DeAndre Swift. 20 touches, um, did a lot better in the run game. But it still, it just didn't look like cohesive, like George was saying. It didn't look well put together. And we mentioned not just Jonathan Gannon, but Shane Steichen leaving. Uh, at the end of last season. Yes, both It's obviously, yeah, it's been a rocky road for the Eagles, um, and they're going to have to do a lot uh, in these games. They've shown the ability throughout the season to overcome in bad spots, um, but when it comes time for the playoffs, man, like that's that's the true any given Sunday right there. I mean, you got you to gotta show up with your A game in these playoffs, and uh, the Eagles are obviously situated to make the playoffs, but... I after watching this game, it doesn't make me feel any better about how they're going to perform in the playoffs. Yes. I wouldn't be surprised if they went down week one, dude. Yeah, one and done. I could easily see them being one and done, especially if they play like a red hot road team like the Los Angeles Rams. We're going to talk about them. They're playing uh, a, a divisional, uh, a, one of our divisional opponents here coming up week seventeen. Um, and before we get into week seventeen, guys, my quarterback rankings this week—they're deep. I mean, I got, we got a lot of quarterbacks playing in this division. I think uh, coming up in sixth place, I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Tommy DeVito in sixth. The story is over. It was fun though. Fifth place, Sam Howell coming off a rough game, kid. I hope you get your confidence back. It might be best for you to take a seat. Had a great season, was leading the NFL in passing for a while, but right now just not playing well. Fourth place, I'll say Tarod Taylor had had a, had a nice spark to the offense, but still clearly a backup quarterback. Is it Tyrod? Third or place. That's what I was wondering. I think he prefers Tyrod now, but he really? was Tyrod okay. for about a, about a decade. But yeah, he's, I believe he corrected the media to say Tyrod. Third place, Jacoby Brissett. The guy comes off the bench two weeks in a row to spark the team. I'm interested to see. Uh, you guys have a very tough opponent we're going to talk about here in a minute. Yeah. But can if he's a starter for 60 minutes, does the Love team it. really does, does the team look better, or is he just having success because he, because he comes off the bench and he's a shot in the arm? Time will tell. Second place, although he's not playing well right now, Jalen Hurts, the, the turnovers continue for Jalen. If this was Dak Prescott, it would be a national story, but he's not taking care of the football. And number one, Dak. Um, normally after a Cowboys loss, I'm very rough on Dak because it's oftentimes his fault. Not the case here, and I hope he continues to bring that confidence into Saturday night football, folks, because Monday, of course, the college semifinals will be going on if you're a college fan. We've got Washington and Texas. We've got Bama. We've got Michigan. So the NFL is the always do very brilliant with their Beautiful. marketing they move monday night football to saturday night so we get joe buck troy Igman, and the crew saturday night in big d the cowboys need some home cook and they desperately uh, need to come back home to lick their wounds but guys we know the story with dallas they're undefeated at home this year and that's why vegas has them as a five and a half point favorite coming off 
to face a Detroit Lions team who just won their first division title in 30 years. Guys, Barry Sanders was the running back for Detroit way back in 1993, the last time these Lions won the division. Dan Campbell's got him playing red hot. Amon Ross St. Brown, one of the uh, elite slot receivers in this league, uh, Gilmore and Deron Bland are going to have their hands full. The two-headed monster at running back, Jameer Gibbs, the Lightning, uh, David Montgomery, the Thunder. This Detroit run game, if, if they can do anything what James Cook did to the Cowboys a couple weeks back in Buffalo, we might be in trouble. Uh, and Jared Goff is is an elite, I think, distributor of the football. Not an elite talent, but um, he, he he's exactly what this team needs. But Detroit's defense, to me, is not that good. They do have a good run-stuffing defense, so I do not think Tony Pollard, for all my guys who happen to make it to a fantasy championship like me with Tony Pollard on your team, I'd leave him on your bench. I don't think it's a good week for him. I don't think it's a good week for the Cowboys' running game. But I think Detroit's secondary is ripe for the picking. I think Dak Prescott has a big game in this one. C.D. Lamb continues to be... You know, he's second in Tyreek Hill in receiving, which goes to say something. Tyreek's having um, a record-breaking season. C.D. Lamb, Jake Ferguson, maybe Brandon Cooks gets in the end zone again. I, but I sure do hope Tyron Smith, my left tackle, who is questionable, plays. Because if he doesn't, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, the young uh, second-year uh, pass rusher for Detroit, could be in Dak's face all game long, much like Bradley Chubb was last week. But I got a really good feeling about this game, guys, because Jimmy Johnson, my favorite coach in the history of the franchise, will finally be inducted into the ring of honor. Should have been in there 20 years ago, but him and Jerry Jones had some weird ego competition. that The breakup ended well way back in 95, and then Barry Switzer came in. But finally, they said they called it the Jimmy Johnson curse, and that's why we can't win the Super Bowl. My God, I hope it's over. And I'll be very happy, of course, Troy Aikman will be in the house to announce the game, to watch his coach go up into the rafters. But I think we ride Jimmy Johnson um, and those high emotions to a home victory. We continue to be undefeated at home. How about them Cowboys? I say we get the W, 30-26. to Competitive game. I got Detroit plus the points, but I got the Cowboys to get another home win. John, what do you think? Yeah, dang. Uh, I'm surprised by that line, Brian, because I think Detroit's been playing really well. I think they're an energetic yes. team, and I think coming off of uh, their their first, I don't know if you guys watched any of uh, Dan Campbell's uh, after the after the game speeches to the team, but yes, man, that guy knows how to talk to football players, dude, and oh, he's yeah. gonna have these guys riled up. Um, they're 11 and four, and and I don't expect them to kind of like ease off. Um, you know, it'd be easy for a team that hasn't won the division in 30, whatever, 30 years or whatever it is yes. to kind of just coast maybe the rest of the way. Uh, but I don't think that that's the way that this team is built. So I think your Cowboys are going to have their hands full, man. And and what better uh, what better opportunity for these Lions coming off of a big win, securing their division to come into Jerry's world and to knock you guys off of yeah. your of, of your home field uh, winning streak. Um, with all that said, I, I, this has got to be kind of a retribution or, or a, uh, a solidifying for your Cowboys, a uh, pivotal moment here this season to really kind of get back on track heading into the playoffs. So this will be another opportunity to beat a good team, a very good team. Um, I think Detroit's defense has been so up and down this season. Um, so being on the road, obviously that's going to challenge them uh, a little bit more than if they were at home. So, I think Detroit's offense is going to do uh, just fine. Uh, I think they won't have an issue scoring points and trying to keep up with you guys. Um, but ultimately, I do think the Cowboys win. Um, I think that 
uh, Dak, you've mentioned, has been playing at an MVB caliber. Um, so it's probably going to rely on Dak's arm again. But him and C.D. Lamb, just over the course of this season, have had such a good connection. Um, he's going to have to continue to find other opportunities with Brandon Cooks and with uh, Jake Ferguson. Um, but this should be a really interesting and fun game to watch, I think, on Saturday night. Uh, standalone game. Watch out for, you know, Sam Laporta and Jameer Gibbs, as you mentioned, two studs yeah. on that team. Amon Ross St. Brown, like the Detroit Lions have the firepower. I could absolutely see them winning this game. Um, but ultimately, I think Dallas at home has just proven to be such a juggernaut uh, as far as the W's are concerned. So I'm taking a closer game. I'm taking uh, Cowboys to win 24 to 23. Nice. Yeah, honestly, for me, I, I don't do this a lot, but I got Cowboys by 10 on this. I think I, I think that they the Lions have a lot of guys out. Um, C.J. Gardner Johnson, uh, Cam Sutton yeah. might be out. James Houston's out. It's uh, their defense is not All really defense. that great already, and the Cowboys need this a lot more than Detroit does. Um, I believe in Detroit. I don't think they're a bad team. I just think this is a bad week for them. I think that the Cowboys are going to step up here. Um, I don't know if Tyron Smith comes back. Uh, this is it. Does he, the tackle come back this week? B Wells questionable. We still questionable. we still don't we okay. still don't know yet. We'll we'll okay. find out before kickoff. Yeah, I just I I do think that they're going to take control of this game. Being at home, being that they need it more, I'm going to go ahead and take the Cowboys thirty to twenty here. Nice. Yeah, so, so that we're, makes a lot we're of all sense. on Dallas. It's it's crazy as we name off all of that uh, offensive weapons of the Detroit Lions. They've all been drafted in the past like two or three years, like Saint yeah. Brown, Gibbs, Laporta, like they, and it, we, we didn't even mention. We didn't even mention Jamison Williams, who isn't utilized that much, but that guy has explosive speed. That guy's shot out of a cannon when he gets the ball in open space. So just watch out Dallas Cowboys defensive backs because Detroit Detroit can move the football. This is going to be a fun game um, for everybody. Definitely take over here. I think Micah gets a couple uh, a couple sacks, though, for sure. And I bet yeah, Micah Parsons gets a freaking – I bet he gets a holding call because the referees watch the news, and, and they're going to see this outrage. Uh, George, over-under uh, – maybe. Over-under yeah. – 52 and a half. So this is pretty pretty big. So the t Vegas sees some uh, points in this. So game. right now I got the under then 30 to 20. Okay. All right. Let us talk about the Washington Commanders, guys. Next, um, all three Ooh. of the Sunday games will be in the 1 o'clock window. And the Commanders, uh, their treat this week is they get to play a pissed-off 49ers team because the 49ers <laughs> were embarrassed. <laughs> Monday Night Football, the Ravens um, really – show that they were the best team in the NFL. Brock Purdy throws four interceptions. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had a decent game, but other than that, like Debo was quiet. He's barking at Cam Newton in the media this week. You can tell the Niners are pissed off. And I think they're going to come into D.C. and they're going to take out their frustrations on the commanders. I think Jacoby Brissett is not going to have the same type of success that he's at, had off the bench. I mean, those linebackers, Drake Greenlaw and Fred Warner, sideline to sideline. I think it's going to be a real hard time for Chris Rodriguez and Antonio Gibson to get going. We'll see if B-Rob uh, comes back off of injury. The defensive backs of San Francisco, though, that's probably their weakness. I think they're still average at secondary. I like Charvarius Ward. Um, but I think just because the, the commanders are going to be trailing in this game, I, I, I think McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle, two of the three, if not all of them, and Brandon Ayuk, let's go three of four. Uh, are going to get into the end zone. I think San Francisco is going to score some points in this game. And and while the commanders are playing catch up, there's going to be some sloppy football. Cause as you guys said right now, just disarray 
throughout the entire organization. I'm sure a lot of guys are just looking forward to the end of the year to where they can see all the chips fall and see who's who's the head coach of this organization. The Niners are favored 12 and a half. That sounds like a pretty accurate line to me. So let me say 33 to 17. I'll say the Niners cover the points. The Commanders score some backdoor points here in the second half. But I think it's going to be a tough sledding for your boys out there. How about you, GVR? Niners. <laughs> Niners. Niners. No, man, I, I, there's not much to say here uh, that we haven't all said throughout the pod. Um, yeah, I got the Niners here coming back, playing inspired football against an uninspired team. I got them 33 to 10. 33 yeah. 10. John? Yeah, I agree with all you guys. I mean, this is, uh, this is a tough matchup against, like you said, Brian, a pissed off Niners team. What a great game we got, uh, between them and the Ravens, but the Ravens yeah. just, I mean, absolutely invigorated this Niners team and, and what a perfect bounce back week for them. Like all, all season long, the commanders have been kind of the bounce back team for a lot of teams. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and so this kind of just is a destined matchup for the 49ers to come in and beat up on somebody. Unfortunately, and it's going to be us. Um, Could you imagine being I'm going to take like it. anybody from the commanders having to play this game. Yeah. Like Kendall, I mean, Miller, you guys, like Kendall you Fuller having to go play this game. Like just like this would. Yeah. Like they deserve yeah. their paycheck this game, hundred <laughs> percent. Nobody wants to do that right now. Nobody on that team wants to play football. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm taking it uh, pretty similar to you guys. I'm doing thirty-one seventeen. Uh, same thing, Brian. I think Commanders might score some backdoor points. Um, there's some guys still on this team that that are trying to make their name and and continue their uh, their legacy in the NFL, but it's going to be a rough one. Yeah, probably going to be a rough week. We're all on the Niners to get back on track. Now let's talk about the Battle of the Birds. The Eagles are going to be home to host the Cardinals. Uh, guys, the Cardinals are one of the more feisty 3-12 and 12 teams you'll ever find. I mean, Kyler Murray, since he's come back, I think they're respectable. They have a rookie tight end, Trey McBride, who makes plays all over the field. They got some speed with uh, with Rondale Moore and Hollywood Brown. So there are some weapons there that I think a weak Eagles secondary can give up some points. But I think Philadelphia knows that they control this division. If they just win out against two lesser opponents, they will host a first-round game in Philadelphia. And all of those um, chattering from the media can be gone. They can get a first-round playoff win. They can move on to play you know, one of the big boys in the NFC, San Francisco and Dallas, and maybe gear up for another Super Bowl run. So I think right now Nick Sirianni, although we talked about it, he is dearly missing offensive coordinator Shane Steichen, defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, but I think that he can pull the troops together. I think the level-headedness of Jalen Hurts can kind of speak to this team that, like, let's just get this win, guys. Don't worry about the point spread. Don't worry about the noise. Let's play our brand of football. Let's be physical. Let's get our playmakers out in space. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown continue to use DeAndre Swift out of the backfield. And hopefully maybe the defense, because they're playing a team that can be susceptible to turning the ball over, can gain a little bit of confidence. Uh, but the Eagles are gonna are gonna take this W. Um, I'll say closer than the experts think, though. Uh, Twenty-seven to seventeen. I got the Eagles. How about you, John? Yeah, uh, this is just another funky game because it seems like the Cardinals, even though they're really not playing for much anymore at this point, um, like you said, they're a feisty team. And they're going to want to try to to show that they've got some grit left. And the Eagles have just been so up and down all season. It's almost like you don't 
it's not that you don't know what to expect from them because they usually come out as victors, but um, it's going to be a funky game, especially going against one of your old uh, coordinators that probably knows the team here fairly well. Um, so I think this is going to be a little bit lower scoring game. I think, um, you know, Jonathan Gannon's going to have uh, is going to have a good preparation and a good plan going into this game against the Eagles. And as funky as they've been, uh, it's hard to know what to expect. Uh, it'd be nice to see, uh, you know, Jalen get back on track and, and connect with his wide receivers um, and kind of see maybe another A.J. Brown 125-yard uh, game like he was having early on this season. Yeah. Um, but this is going to be an interesting to watch. And I think the biggest susceptibility is that the Cardinals, in my opinion, aren't really known to be a defensive team. You mentioned offensively. Um, I think that they'll be able to uh, – hopefully take advantage of, of some things on the uh, the Eagles' defense, again, with, with uh, Gannon being familiar with them. Uh, so, yeah, I like your call on Trey McBride. Um, but outside of that, I mean, they've got some explosive players on offense here and there. Um, but I think the Eagles ultimately will take this one. I'm going 24-20, to 20, Eagles. Okay. George? Tight game. Yeah, I think that the Cardinals have been playing, you know, obviously if their, their record being only winning three games. Uh, they've always been playing hard throughout the year. I think we always all echoed that statement. Dude, I I think Kyler Murray is going to be a problem in the run game um, for the Eagles. Yeah. I think the Eagles are are maybe slightly banged up on the defensive side. Uh, I thought I heard a, a funny comparison of Kyler Murray's running style to an angry toddler. Uh, I just I just read that I thought that was hysterical but yeah I think it's going to be a bit of a problem I think he's going to have to show out I'd love to see the Cardinals win this game I know John would love to see that as well uh the closer we get to that number one pick to trade it away that would be great but yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take Eagles here uh I'll I'll go with John 20 to 24 go Cardinals we're all yeah we're all in the Cardinals plus points we'll see what Buds has to no, no, I'm taking the Eagles, Wait. but I'm saying go Cardinals. Oh, okay, okay. I want the one yeah, I'll be rooting Cardinals. for the Cardinals the whole time, for sure, like you said, George. But We'll see if Jay Ludz agrees with us. Um, we're, all, we're all plus points here. George, I think that's a good point. The legs of Kyler Murray, and along with James Conner, um, Cardinals running back, could also have a big impact on this game um, to keep them at least in, in a competitive football game where they're, where they're pushing the point spread. All right, boys, let's finish up our Week 17 preview in Los Angeles, where the New York Giants and Terod Taylor will play the Rams. Um, excuse me. This game is in uh in Jersey. It's, it is a is a road game for the Rams. Yes. So the Giants are at home, and the Giants are five and a half point favorites. The Rams right now are red hot. Sam um, Matt Stafford is slinging the ball all over the field. Puka Nakua is coming off another great game. He's having a record breaking rookie season. Cooper Cup, we know his chemistry with Matt Stafford is second to none. And Kyron Williams, the, the Notre Dame running back, continues to be one of the best backs in the league. I mean, I think I only think Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill are the only two players who average more yards per game than Kyron Williams. Crazy stat for wow. the Rams uh, wow. running back. I don't know who that is. And the, Ra the Rams defense, they, they have just a bunch of guys in Aaron Donald. But because Aaron Donald gets double teamed so often... We get these third rounders like their defensive tackle young that comes in there and makes plays. 
Sean McVay is a fantastic coach. You guys would know that more than anybody. He left your organization for greener pastures. He's already won a Super Bowl, and I think he continues to haunt our division. Mm. I do think the Giants play inspired. Um, I know the Rams are a little bit weak against tight end. So fantasy championship, if you got Darren Waller, if you if you were patient with him on your bench all this time, I think he could have a decent game. Maybe Darius Slayton gets another touchdown. I think Saquon Barkley will play well. But I think the Rams win by a touchdown. I'll say 28 to 21 Rams continue um, to heat up um, and they will be a dangerous wild card team. John, how about you? Yeah, um, I think there may, there may be moments in this game because Terod Taylor is going to be the starting quarterback where um, you really think, okay, the Giants can compete here. Um, you mentioned it. The the defense doesn't have any top-name uh, players that, that kind of scare you. They've lost some of those in free agency over the last couple of years. Um, but they're still – Aaron Donald still runs the show there. And uh, I think that that guy – I said this against Washington too, but that guy can wreak havoc. Um even just taking on double teams. So uh, Saquon Barkley is going to have to be a huge part of this game, as he always is, for the Giants to have success. Um, but I don't see that happening. Um, and I think that the Rams' offense, like you said, is just they're they're getting strides every week, it feels like. And as good as Puka Nakua has been, as good as we know Cooper Cup has been, I think that they can still be better than they are. Um, sure. Hopefully we see... Uh, Eastlake's finest Tyler Higby makes some plays for them and obviously you mentioned Kyron Williams um he allows them to kind of control the tempo uh of their offense because he's just been so good and it's just crazy because I think we mentioned this before he's just he doesn't look like uh your average uh NFL running back I mean he, he is no. a little bit slight compared to others but gosh that guy gets it done dude he's like a little bit like an Isaiah Pacheco um maybe, sure. not, maybe not as fierce of a runner but um so, yeah, I think uh, even going on the road, I mean, it's always tough for West Coast teams to come east, but I don't think that the Rams uh, have any issue here. So I'll take the Rams. Uh, same thing. I think the Rams will cover. Um, let's go 24 to 13. I think they I think they handle oh, wow. the Giants. Wow. Yeah. Dude, I, lo- I like Tyrod, and I think he's trying to – I mean, I don't know if this is going into his contract year now. I'm not sure the status of that. Possibly, uh, I don't know um, what he was signed on. Yeah, he looked really good at the the end of the game and against the Eagles. This is a five and a half point spread. B, correct. Yeah, yeah I'm actually going to take. I'll just go ahead and take the Giants actually in this game, and I'm going to take them. Oh, nineteen to twenty. Nice, a, a, a giant Dang, upset. Dude, the Giants pull off the upset with no explanation. I like it. <laughs> I, I do it. It's good. Going full contrarian. <laughs> I like it, man. Uh, I always take a dog who's going to fight in his own backyard. Giants are home dogs. GVR likes the upset. It's been a wild year of games, guys, in this NFL. So I don't think any upset right now is crazy. Um, just just look at the what's happened in this league the past 16 weeks. We shall see. Um, guys, unfortunately, Jay Ludge could not be with us tonight. But, of course, it's episode 100. He could not leave you guys without a voice memo. So without further ado, Mr. Ludlow, the floor is yours. Week 17, fellas. Week 17. Apologize I couldn't get on tonight. I got a uh, sick family here at home. Um, you know, with the wife being sick, you know, I got to watch the kids tonight. So I was able to sneak away for a couple minutes just to record this. But anyway, 100th episode, guys. You know, we've come a long way on the show. 
Uh, congratulations to P. Congratulations to John. Congratulations to George. Uh, you know, the show's come a long way. I'm, I'm happy to see we're still going. And uh, 100 episodes in, it's uh, it's amazing. And, and, you know, I'm happy for all our listeners. Happy for us that we keep doing this. And, uh, you know, good luck to all our teams this weekend. You know, getting down to the nitty-gritty here, getting close to the playoffs, you know, every snap counts. So let's get into these picks this week. We got a great game. Uh, you know, I got... I got Miami and uh, Baltimore, and I got this Detroit-Dallas game, two games of the week. So, you know, we're going to start with this game. Detroit traveling to Dallas. We all know how tough Dallas is at home. Favored five and a half points. Um, you know, I'm a Lions guy. Uh, I've been on this bandwagon for the last couple seasons now. I just see the talent they're they're coming with and the way they can score points, and their defense has been, you know, fair. Uh, definitely better than last year. and. I think they can hang in this game. Uh, I don't think Dallas can cover the spread, but I do have Detroit plus five and a half. But I do have the boys taking a close one at home. 34-30, Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? They need this win, trust me. They don't want to keep losing these games, going to play my Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the way game. <laughs> um, next game, we're going to go over, we'll score over the Los Angeles Rams at the New York Giants. Giants are one of those teams this year. Um, you know, there's a few other teams I can name off, but you just don't know what you're going to get. You know, the Raiders, Giants, um, Seahawks, you know, just to name a few. You just don't know what you're going to get every week. I mean, they could show up and keep it close. They could show up and win. They could show up and get crushed. Uh, but I think the Rams have been playing very well. they got a very lethal offense. Uh, Stafford's been playing very well this year, staying healthy. Uh, Cooper Cup's healthy. <laughs> Uh, Nakua's this rookie's healthy. The guy's been blowing up all year, you know, a couple down weeks, but other than that, man, we're a strong team. They can run the ball, Kyron Williams. I just don't see the Giants being able to hang in this game. I'm going to stick with the Rams, who are favored five and a half. And uh, I got a 28 17 Los Angeles Rams. Next game, Arizona at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles have had their struggles as of late. Arizona's another one of those teams, and I'm going to say they'll surprise you, but I think they can they can stay in there and keep it somewhat, you know, competitive. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means, uh, even though it's in Philly. Um, you know, we'll see what Philly does this week and next week going, you know, in this playoff run. I'm kind of hoping the Bucks. you know, granted they win this week and, and win our division. I'm I'm hoping we actually play Dallas over, over Philadelphia, to be honest. Sorry, B. I just think we have a better chance at home uh, face a traveling Dallas team. Uh, the Eagles already have beaten us this season. And, um, you know, we have quite of history the last couple of years against Dallas. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, I got Philly this game, guys. 34-24. Um, but I am going to take that Arizona plus 10.5. I, I like the 10.5 points, Arizona. But I do have Philly winning the game by 10. So I think Arizona can just cover the spread there at plus 10.5. Um, to end the week, San Francisco Niners, best team in football. Traveling to your Washington Commandos. Commandos, um, you know, just haven't been very competitive the second half of the season. Um, you know, it'd be nice to see them end things on a high note, but it doesn't get any easier this week going against the San Fran 49ers. As I said, I think the best team in football right now, firing at all cylinders. Defense is strong. Offense is strong. Um, favorite 12 and a half this game. I've seen some spreads, 13 and a half. Um, you know, I'm going to take San Fran on the road, 35-14. Um, you know, it's been a long season for the Commandos, and 
Luckily, they only have one more week of misery left. Uh, let's get into the upset parlay. <laughs> I like the Dolphins. Uh, plus three and a half at Baltimore. You know any chance I had to pick against Lamar Jackson against a somewhat decent team. I'm going to take the other team. Uh, plus three and a half Dolphins traveling to Baltimore. And believe it or not, guys, the way Kansas City's been playing, I like Cincinnati not winning the game, but definitely covering that plus seven and a half. I think they keep it somewhat close and competitive. You know, Chiefs haven't really impressed me much the second half of the season either. Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey's not his normal, um, you know, self. Usually you see that guy scoring every week and making a, a difference, but these last few weeks, you know, they've been struggling. Uh, yeah, I like Cincinnati on the roads, plus seven and a half. And uh, again, I appreciate you guys. Uh, sorry I can't be on tonight. Um, hope you guys have a good show. Thank you again to all our listeners and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everybody. See you. Happy New Year to you, Luds. Hope the family is feeling better in no time. So to recap, Luds has the Cowboys winning, but he's got the Lions plus five and a half. He's swallowing with the Rams. Got the Rams winning by a touchdown, minus five and a half. Got the Eagles winning, but he likes the Cardinals plus the points, and he's swallowing all 12 and a half um, for the San Francisco 49ers against the Commanders. Boys, um, after this week, we only got one week of football left, and it's playoff time. But uh, this episode is really special for me, episode 100. I want to thank both of you guys, and as, as long as as well as Jay Luz for making it possible. Um, I have such a great time doing this with you every week. Can't wait to do it again next week for episode 101. Uh, George, thanks for uh, gracing us with your presence tonight, buddy. Love you. Love you too. John, any final thoughts? Yeah, I wish that we would have had Luds on the podcast because uh, his breakdown there of the 49ers and uh, also his, his upset parlay of the Ravens this week, mm -hmm. I just don't know how you justify the 49ers being the best team in the league right now after that beatdown by call. the Ravens. Um, I, I actually I mean, agree a, with him. I agree with him. You still really? think that they're the best team, huh? I, I think that game was not whatever i mean i just if the rave i mean if the Ravens didn't have four interceptions in the first like quarter and a half like i so george george a lot of those interceptions were flukes if they too, rematch bro, like in the super bowl if it's niners ravens in the super bowl you would take san francisco yeah i would that's fair i would i i i think the 49ers have had a few games like that and i think when it comes to team and Kyle Shanahan, he's getting a ring. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that that's definitely the vibe for them this season. I mean, that was definitely a tough loss, but um, they're two competitive football teams in any given Sunday. I mean, it would be hard to pick either of those teams in a playoff matchup, so or in, or in a Super Bowl, I should say. It's also um, Brock, though, because yeah. he did look he did look very pedestrian. Um, if he if he looks like that again, obviously. The you know the Ravens are gonna are gonna win that it it will be an interesting rematch if that does happen, so uh, hopefully it doesn't happen, you know. But for for <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, I'm really lastly, looking at Wills just... when I say that. I mean, I, hopefully it's it's somebody else. So Cowboys Bills, let's yeah. go. That works. Yeah, lastly, I just triple down on everybody's sentiments, man. Thank you guys, everybody. A hundred episodes, awesome. I'm so happy that I got to join this pod with you guys and uh, and talk about. Uh, not only the sport that we love, but the division that we all love. So thank you guys. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Thank you, well, everybody. everybody. It really, uh, it's crazy. How many years now, B? 
we st- we started it in 2020, so we're almost four. Yeah, we're four seasons in, dude. Almost four. We'll be we'll be five years into this thing. Um, come September of next year. Um, so and we're we're not slowing down anytime soon, guys. Um, so celebrate safe, everybody. Have a happy new year. We'll see you guys in 2024 for episode 101 of the NFC East. Fruit. Yeah.